0: You're listening to episode 63 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. Are you ready to go deep on this episode? Because this is not going to be what you expect it to be this conversation went in some unexpected directions, but definitely where it was meant to go. Here's the deal. If you've ever struggled with what people think of you, judgment for what you're pursuing, strained relationships in the process, a desire to tap into your voice with this confidence that allows you to shine more boldly, like where you see other people that do that and you're like, oh my God, if I could just with confidence, speak to what I believe, speak to what I'm doing, and not worry so much about what everyone else thinks of me, my chat with Amy Smith is going to rock your world. Amy is a certified confidence and empowerment coach. She's a speaker and she's the founder of The Joy Junkie. And she's all about helping people, or for many of us entrepreneurs, more confidently step into their purpose. Wouldn't that feel good? Like, wouldn't it feel good to know Not just that you have the skills and the expertise in what you do, but you can show up in the world and speak to it. And by the way, hint, hint, not that that's what this episode's about, but this skill that we're talking about today is how you get more conversions and sales in business. And she's not just talking about like the pie in the sky ideas of self-love or big picture concept or what we have to do to be confident. These are actual tactics that we're talking through strategies. I ask really specific questions to pull out of her her best lessons on what to actually do to improve in this area. So I loved this chat with Amy because it was just so real and so raw. And I think it's it's going to change people's lives. So enough yapping for me. Let's get to this show. Amy, welcome to the show. I am so happy to have you here. Yay, I'm excited to chat. Yeah, absolutely. You're talking to an audience of that go-getter mindset. And I love the idea of helping them better find their voice, boost their confidence and step into like who they're called to be without worrying about, you know, the outside world. And that's a tough thing in our space, especially comparing so easily with people on social media or wherever it is. But before we go there, fill me in a little bit, like what led you down this path? Tell me more about you and what you do. I want our audience to get better acquainted with you.
1: Well, I've had such an interesting journey. I've been working in the personal development realm for a good 10 years plus. I actually first went to coaching school in the mid-2000s. And that was really born out of sort of a career crisis, which I think is probably many people's experience. I know that's yours as well, Yeah. where it's like, holy shit, why am I not happy in this place where I've checked off all the boxes? And So I was in a similar situation when I was in my mid-20s and I had kind of climbed my way up in a prestige makeup brand. I was a corporate trainer traveling and had all like kind of the big girl job stuff like a company car and traveled all over the world and an assistant and all that fancy stuff. And I felt like I was kind of dying a slow death. And I remember I had this very pivotal moment where I was driving home in the company car, (laughs) which it felt like they were trying to buy my love. And I was driving home and I remember Kelly Clarkson's song, Breakaway, came on. And I just, all of a sudden, am overcome by emotion and I just start bawling my eyes out. And so I'm kind of scream crying this song, like, you know, and I've got false lashes like starting to slide down my face and I really kind of looked like the Joker. And it was in that moment that I had realized, it kind of dawned on me that it had been years since I had actually even listened to music in my car. Because I had not even afforded myself a simple pleasure like that because I was hustling, I was that type A, I was go, 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 overachieve. So back then, there weren't any laws. Back in my day, there weren't any laws about being on your phone in your car. So I was tethered to the company voicemail, constantly commuting, talking to my managers, talking to my team. And I was just all business all damn day. And so I remember getting home that day and my husband was like, "Jeez, what happened to you? You know, cause I obviously was quite disheveled and I kind of held up my fingers and said, I am this close to completely losing who I am. And that was definitely the impetus for me to go, okay, something needs to shift. I, and at the time I thought I'm going to, they're going to have to drag me off from backstage, you know, doing makeup for, celebrities or whatever. And you know I had a very clear path and trajectory the company was extremely promote from within. Everybody was looking at succession planning. There was a very linear path for me and it all sort of started to crumble when I had the real acknowledgement which I know you can relate to of I am miserable you know i am not happy here at all and i when i started taking stock of my life i'm like wow i look great on paper but my relationships aren't stronger my health isn't better i don't have a more powerful marriage i you know none of the things that really brought me tremendous joy were you know stacking up so at the time my husband had He came home one day and he said, Babe, I heard this person on the radio and they are exactly what you've been doing since you were a little girl. It's called a life coach. You need to look into it. And so again, this was probably in 05, 04, 05. And he felt so convicted about it that he sent away to a school to get materials and information for me. He's like, You have to look at this. And that really began my personal development journey both internally, but then also it cracked me wide open looking at it as being a path to help others initially. But my gosh, it, it just completely changed who I was in this world. And for the longest time, I did more of a love focus and how to make marriage work, how to be in relationship in a powerful way. And it wasn't until 2015 that I really switched gears and looked at, you know, what are the things that I love speaking about? What are the things that I'm really, really great at? And what are the things that people have consistently come to me over the years? And I kind of went back to the basics and went, oh my gosh, my power, my superpower is in all things communication. It's in the boundaries, the speaking up, the tough conversations. And a lot of that was born out of my own familial background and having a very distinct and interesting relationship with my mother. So I often will will say life coaching because who doesn't have mom issues,
0: right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So that's a little bit of kind of the trajectory and how it landed me where I am now. That's amazing.
0: It really is always like, it's cool to see people step into that superpower because that's where you see them shine and you see them making the greatest impact. But then you can also see that it usually stems from something they had to overcome or work through or became passionate about because that was what they needed most at some point in their life. And Absolutely. you're like, OG life coach, like 2005. Yes. That's like when it was first coming on the scene in a popular way.
1: Well, I mean, when I first learned, when I first went to school, that my, one of my instructors was like, I don't even have a website. I don't even think you really need to have a website. Like <laughs> the whole marketing avenue and the funnels and the business managers and all of that stuff was not even a thing. So right. it was back when you
0: didn't even have to pay for visibility on Facebook. <laughs> oh, those were good days. I actually think back then, if I remember correctly, cause I was like, it wasn't quite that early, but couple years later, I think you used to be able like, you just had your personal Facebook page mm-hmm. and I think you could actually boost your personal Facebook posts back then. Like it was a whole different scene. Okay. So let's, I want to talk about that for a minute because since this is a superpower of yours, I would love to dissect it a little bit because sure. I know that people listening in, let's use an example. Okay. What I see over and over with my clients and the people who join my masterminds and and the people in my communities that they struggle with is they have this vision and they're super excited and they're super empowered by this vision that they have for their lives. Usually it's on something to do with a business and scaling that business and and making an impact. But as soon as they put it out into the world and realize that there are other opinions on what they're doing or family kind of chirping at them about, oh, this isn't a secure decision or this isn't safe or why are you doing that? Or you're coming off this way or don't you care about this? And then um, like, For some reason, the opinions of people who aren't even really a part of their lives but have access to them through the internet or social media start commenting. And then the worst of all, the people who say nothing, but the entrepreneurs or the people that I'm referring to that are building this business assume what they're thinking. Like, I don't want to be this way because they're going to think I'm salesy. Or I don't want to do this because what will they think about this, that, or the other thing? Not, no one's even saying anything, but they're like creating this in their head. Can we speak sure. to that a little bit? Like what yeah. that is doing to them and their potential and their business and all the other things? Sure. Well,
1: the first thing that I would say is to give yourself a massive dose of compassion because I think it can be this major buzz topic in personal development of just don't give a shit what anybody else says. Mm-hmm. Like what everybody else says doesn't matter. Well, Okay, that's great if you're totally callous and you're not connected to anybody or you don't have emotional depth. So I think that there is a way to say, and I personally think it all comes down to emotional intelligence, because here's what happens the most. We feel some sort of hurt, discomfort, sadness, frustration, overwhelm. We feel some sort of uncomfortable emotion. Somebody just said something rude about our new product that we just launched. And then we take that emotion that we feel and instead of going, okay, this situation sucks or, okay, here's an opinion I need to evaluate. Is it true for me? It's true for them. Okay, that's great. But is that true for Elizabeth? Is that true for Amy? And we don't do that. We automatically collapse that with who we are. We assume that it's true. And so we take this discomfort or this sadness or this rejection that we feel and we go, that must mean I suck. That must mean I can't put this in the world. That must mean what I have to offer isn't valuable or I'm not valuable. A lot of times it comes back to an intrinsic self-worth. So one of the things that I operate from many, many times, and I encourage anybody to use this as well is to just simply acknowledge any sort of negative feedback from family members, from potential buyers, from people who maybe are not your target audience or who don't understand your mission or whatever it is to go, okay, that hurts the situation sucks, but I don't suck and untethering those two of like, okay, yeah, that's allowed to hurt I, that will always hurt that will all I want that to because if if I start numbing that out, that means I'm also numbing out. The positive feelings of of euphoria and ecstasy and bliss and happiness and all of those things. So that's one element. I would also say there's kind of a cornerstone of of the work that I do that is based on this mantra of you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. Hmm. Because here's what happens when we're excited about stuff and we put things out into the world we base so much of our responsibility off of the reception, right? Like we think, I mean, we do it in our personal lives too. If I have this conversation with my partner and he or she sees it my way, or if I have this conversation with my family member and they agree with me or they acquiesce to what I'm asking, then I'm good. Then this will be successful. Instead of saying, if I'm proud of the woman that I am, then this will be successful, regardless of how I'm received. So I'll give you sort of an example in my own life. I Many, 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 many years ago, I had a situation where I had written an article about relationships. And I ended up getting feedback on it from somebody who I totally didn't know. And it was very articulate, which was triggering for me, right? It's easier to dismiss somebody who's just vitriolic and and rude. But I kind of went, oh my God. And it really kind of jarred me for a second. And I had to stop and I had to go, okay, I'm really tethered here to this reception. Am I proud of who I was? Would I do anything different? Because that then means that I need to allow that person's feelings to be their responsibility, not mine. So oftentimes we get caught up with, I need this this uncomfortable feeling to go away so I just need to make that person understand mom you have to understand why I want to do this job I don't want to work the way you did uh, you know or no but I really I, that's not what I meant that's not how I, I didn't mean to come across and where we just want to over explain who we are so I think really analyzing each situation and going okay uh, if if I am going to operate under this idea that I'm responsible for my intention not my reception then am i proud of the woman that i was am i proud of what i put out am i proud of my persona am i proud of the product you know are there any things that i need to clean up and then then you don't you do you go and clean that up but that also does not have to be a brand or a stamp on you for the rest of your life that you you better just throw in the towel and you suck and you can't you know have a flourishing business
0: mm-hmm.
1: so i'm hoping that maybe something there is helpful
0: yeah, absolutely. And it makes me think when I'm working with my clients, I'll often we run into this issue. And what I'll find is that they're creating content by first looking at what other people are doing that are successful. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they'll say, they'll find someone else in their space or on social media and see how they're putting up posts or see how they're writing their blogs or see how they're doing their podcasts. And they will say, okay, that's how I'm supposed to do it. So then they go create in their own voice and in their own way, but very much uh, guided by what they just witnessed. And then the product or the end result of whatever it is that they create, isn't what they're super proud of. And that's authentic to them because it's been swayed a little bit. And then when the critics come in, it's tough because that question that you just asked, which is pivotal of would I do it differently. Like, is this like in a vacuum? Is this me? Is this what I believe? Is this true to who I am? And can I answer honestly, like, yes, like I would do it the same way and haters are going to hate. But when you do it with that sway of the world and like the being guided by outside forces, instead of what's coming from within, then sometimes you can't answer honestly, like, yes, that's totally me and how I would do it. It's, that's how I thought I was supposed to do it. So then you feel that defensiveness and you feel stressed about it because mm. you can't sit in that truth of like, this is me, take it or leave it. Cause you're starting to wonder, is this me? Like, I don't know if this is even me. And that's, that's a really hard place to be. So one thing yes. I try to encourage people to do is create in a vacuum, put the blinders on while you're creating. It's not that you can't get inspiration or learn from other people, but that's let right. your initial brain dump, let your initial product, your initial thoughts get onto the paper or into the microphone and make it true to you because the reality is people are going to have opinions no matter how you create. That's right. Someone's going to hate it. Someone's going to love it. Someone's going to be indifferent to it. And if you are able to do what you were talking about, which is know for certain that this is your purpose. This is what you're called to do. This is how you're called to do it. You can brush off more easily those kind of reactions from other people because you know, if you created it a different way, someone else is not going to like it, but at least this way, you know, you're doing what you're called to do.
1: That's right. Well, and I, I, I have so much compassion for that too, because I remember being in that place as a young startup and just going, somebody just tell me what to do. Yes. Somebody just tell me the right way. And what's also so hard is This the internet expert space changes like every two seconds. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, you do this model and then you do this model and then it's this and then it's everything about Instagram ads and now. And there was like that whole Periscope chapter a few years ago. (laughs) Rest in peace, rest in (laughs) peace, Periscope. Oh my gosh. There I was like, I am not. I refuse. But I think there's something really important here. And I've used this as an example a couple of times. I think it's about getting really, really clear about what it is you want to do and what you want to get into the world and then follow a method that resonates with your spirit. Yes. Because there are a shit ton of different methods to achieve getting that message out But if you follow a bunch of other people's methods and you hate posting stuff on Instagram, that's not your method. So you have to check in with like, do I even like this? I've had a ton of students who have gone on to have coaching careers and stuff. And I have a couple of colleagues in the same regard who hate social media and they have majorly successful businesses six figure businesses and it's not because you have to do social media it's because you have this very specific message you want to get into the world and you picked a method or a strategy that supports that hmm. and that's where when you're when you're that novice or young or just starting off you have to kind of try it a few times to realize oh that method doesn't work for me right. and I don't think there is a magic answer. I think you have to kind of have the trial and error. And if you tend to be more of the, I like to say, recovering perfectionist type, you don't want that. You don't want to learn through failure. You want it just to be successful right away. I want it to be flawless right away. And that, I mean, you look at anyone who's had massive, quote, overnight success, it's been decades in the making. You know, we just don't see it, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think you're you're definitely onto something there too. And um, so I would just offer to people sometimes it's evaluating the method. It's not necessarily you and your message or your authenticity. Even it could be just you're trying to push it down a funnel that doesn't work for you. I'm I feel the same way. I know you have a background in network marketing, and I can't. I I would do. I did tons of in-person networking groups and stuff when I first started off. And I hated it, just absolutely hated it, right? And so did I still have a vision? Did I still want to coach? Did I still want to make this impact? Yes, but I liked networking way more online than I did in person. So it wasn't that the dream or the vision changed, it's just that the method changed. Yeah. What's the process that might serve me better?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I remember, I don't know why this, it's just so burned into my memory when I just had to be back like, probably like 8 years ago and i had put up shared some something to do with my business and progress and something i was super excited about and some guy who i didn't know directly i just kind of knew on the fray not in my space or my world someone like connected with a friend from high school or something like that completely irrelevant to my life commented just like totally making fun of me like just oh. really being nasty and I remember at the time, like it destroying me and yes. being, making me question all the things I was doing, like maybe the right, maybe I am an idiot. Maybe this is ridiculous. Maybe I should go get a real job. Like all these things kind of came into my head and I'm still yes, so grateful, grateful for that moment because it, it taught me so much about myself and what I really felt called to do because ultimately I was able to get to this place where I could sit in and, confidently say, you know, it sucks that they said that and it sucks that it was in a public way and it sucks that it hurt my feelings, but I'm not going to come off of the path that I know that I feel called to just because of how bad that hurt me. And, you know, that has progressed and turned into, I don't even want to say thicker skin. It still really hurts when people say mean stuff from behind a computer screen you know, with a cowardly response to something, but it's how I view it now is really different. Yes. But one area I see people really struggle is when the people in their inner circle, the people whose opinions do yeah. matter because they yes. love them, parents, spouses, whomever, close friends are not being mean, but thinking they're coming from a place of love And inserting their opinions on, let's say, specifically people in the entrepreneurial space that are taking that leap that is unknown and scary to the people in their lives. How can that person receiving that, like these aren't people that you can just like cut them out of your life or block them or this or that. They really are coming from a place of love. How can you kind of set up those boundaries and have those conversations so that they're productive and not defensive and not trying to force them to understand something that maybe they're not going to understand?
1: Yeah, that's a brilliant question. I operate under this other sort of mantra of speak your truth into ears that can hear you. And so often we try to speak our truth into ears that aren't capable of hearing us. And they're not necessarily malicious ears or people who are ill intended, they just can't quite hear our biggest vision and our biggest dream and goal. Um, and a lot of times they're the people that are the closest to us. When I first decided to leave that corporate cosmetic world, my boss, who loved me dearly, threw all of her fears into the mix and said, Well, what are you going to do if the market tanks? I mean, because when I was leaving, it was like oh eight, oh nine, and you know, shit was hitting the fan and that, mm-hmm. during that time. And she was like, well, what? what are you going to do for insurance though? And it was all of this fear and anxiety that she would feel that was kind of being projected on me. And I had to really recognize, okay, that's her fear. And where it's coming from is from a really, really beautiful place. Yeah. So in those situations, I don't think it's about convincing. And that's what our instinct is, is to rally and say, here's all the reasons why this is a good decision for me. And that's what not what you need to ask for. What you need to ask for is like, please don't share your opinion unless I ask. And so the way it would sound is like, let's say it's mom, because the other element of this is so often when we're excited, we want to share it with our partners or our family. We I don't think we ever stop wanting our parents to be 100% supportive of whatever we're, whatever endeavor we're on. I think we root for them. We want them to be our biggest cheerleaders. And We know that some are extremely toxic. Like it's not, I don't believe that blood is thicker than water. I don't think family at all costs. I think respect at all costs. So in those situations, it's recognizing, am I trying to get support from this person in a way that they're not able to give it to me? And then to be really clear with them about what you need in return. So for example, if it is, let's say a mom who has expressed a lot of fear about, well, what are you going to do about insurance? Or, you know, how are you going to support this, that, or, you know, whatever, or why don't you get a real job? (laughs) Those sort of comments to say, mom, I so appreciate that you are always, always thinking about my well-being and my best interest. Always starting off with um, an element of gratitude because most of the time that's where they're coming from. If it's a malicious comment, that's a different situation. But Thank you so much for that. And I'll be honest with you, and this is where vulnerability comes in. I'll be honest with you. I am grappling with a lot of things just with getting this business off the ground. And my request from you is that you support me or champion me. If you're not able to do that because you don't agree with it or you're not in alignment, that's fine too. And if that's the case, then my request is just let me turn to you for advice I promise that if I am struggling, I will turn to you if that's a person that you tend to turn to. But I've had some very challenging conversations with my mom about this, not in relation to work, but in relation to we have very polarized faiths and spiritual beliefs. And so I've had to say, like, I know you're coming from a really great place, and that's really offensive to me. And I would love a mutual respect. So, I'm willing to support whatever you believe. I'm not asking that you support what I believe. I'm just asking you to respect it. Mm-hmm. so there it's sort of that same sort of idea that you don't have to agree, and you get to be scared all damn day. But what I need the most right now is a cheerleader or is support or fill in the blank, whatever that might be.
0: Yeah, that's so beautifully put because it's giving us the word so specifically, I think is so powerful too, because I think if you had just said you know, just have a candid conversation. Just tell them how you're feeling. Sometimes that comes out in like emotion vomit that leads to defensiveness and really spirals you down a more negative path with that person. So thank you for giving us like the specific talking points, because I think we can all craft those in our own way, but it's, it is, it's hard. I mean, this, this space, like whether it's in business or in whatever it is you feel pulled to, when you go against the grain and when you make a choice to not be mediocre and to not just go with the flow of the river and to do things differently you kind of are signing up for that resistance literally like when you're swimming up river there is resistance and that resistance is going to come on pretty heavy at sometimes and that's that is a part of the process i think there is a naive way of thinking when people decide to go in a direction that's not the norm that their family went in or that their Mm -hmm. friends are going through or whatever it is. And they expect automatic, full support, no questions asked. Right. And zero resistance. And that's just not reality. No. It's just not. So also preparing yourself and not being ignorant to the fact that like, you're signing up for this in some capacity. Now, gain the skills- and the knowledge to be able to proactively and productively have the proper communication skills to speak to these people in a way yes. that is nurturing and open and honest and vulnerable and productive and mm-hmm. not like, how could you not support me? Let me tell you all the ways that you're terrible because that's not right situation either.
1: I think it also very much depends on who the person is, the nature of your relationship because I don't think that vulnerability is for everybody. I again I feel like people earn your vulnerability. So it really, really depends on what it is. So let's say it's a sibling or maybe a best your best friend's husband or wife. And they say something like some real snide comment, like, well, Elizabeth's putting the whole family at risk by starting this new business or something like that. Where If you have that sort of a banter, sarcastic sort of family or relationship with that person, you can be like, wow, check you out, shitting all over my dreams. Or you could be sarcastic. Mm -hmm. But my caveat to that is you must always, always, always follow it up with. But on a serious note, though, this is a big deal to me. I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't be so cavalier about it Mm. or... All joking aside, though, this is something that's really on my heart, and I'm going to follow through on that. Or all joking aside, even though I know some people might not get it, but I'm not going to apologize for going after my dreams. So there has to be, if you start with the sarcasm or you start with the jab or the joke, follow it up with some sort of sincerity so that you're not operating in this passive-aggressive family <laughs> or dynamic or friendship dynamic. And then the other is if it's not little jabs, but it's plain out rude, those people, that's a shutdown. That's yeah. like, you don't you don't need to convince them. You don't need to get them on your side. You can say, you know what? I actually find that highly offensive. I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't bring that up any longer. Or my, my happiness in my career is really not up for debate. So I'm going to politely excuse myself. Something that's like So it really, really depends on the nature of the relationship, how something was delivered to you, and then what you want from that relationship. If you just need them to just shut up, or if you need them to understand your perspective, or you know, it just depends on what what the outcome is that you're looking for.
0: Yeah, I love that. My husband always says that to me. Like I'm fiery, and we'll get into an argument or a disagreement, and I'll just start just start going, and he'll he's real patient and thank God. And he'll say, Liz, what's what's your goal? Like you're saying these things to me and I'm hearing them, but like, what do you want to get out of this conversation? Or like what are you looking for here? Because sometimes we just want to get it off our chest or we just want to defend or we just yes. want to like whatever, put the walls up or push back or hurt someone that just hurt us or whatever it might be. But if you can go into it, like, man, I would really love this person's respect. I would really love This person just to shut their trap. I would really like figure out what you're looking for, like you said, based on the relationship, based on the outcome you want for that relationship. I mean, some some relationships run their course. There are friends in my from my life over the years that served an amazing purpose in my life at the time, and I never had to have that conversation of like I'm cutting you out of my life. There's no doubt. There's been some phasing out, and I don't touch, and I don't waste my energy there. And you don't always have to be like, hi, I just want to contact you to let you know that I will not be contacting Sure. You yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a dramatic <laughs> thing, but you right. decide like what you want moving forward. There are certain people that I never want to lose and maybe we don't see eye to eye. So I have to figure out how to have those conversations or like, you That's know, right. the, the aunts or uncles that you like basically know to never talk about politics in front of them or religion right. or like certain topics. Cause you're like, I don't really want to ruin this holiday. Like I want to enjoy right. it. So I'm just, not going to go there. And if they try to go there, I'll excuse myself because I don't really want to fight. So you just kind of have to have an awareness. I love this because it's hard. Like we see these people gaining so much success. And in our minds, we think like they've got it all together. They don't experience those pain points. They don't have people pushing back or when they do have people pushing back, they don't care because they're just so confident and they have it all figured out. No matter where you are in the journey, like you have to have one like you said the communication skills to deal with it and also the understanding that this is going to happen and you can feel feelings and that's okay and you can work through those that's feelings right. and come out the other side better for it because you'll learn something from it and right. you know as a recovering people pleaser myself i think that's still in my nature where sure in everything i'm doing even with my clients like they'll they'll want more from me than what our boundaries allow yes and can we talk about boundaries for a second? yeah, like in, in business and friendships, relationships, any sure. of that because I think this is an area where people really, really struggle because they feel like they're failing someone if they don't say yes to everything. yeah, yes.
1: well, the first thing I want to really pinpoint, and this is something that if if you tend to be more of that people pleaser or even if you don't identify as the word people pleaser but you are highly invested in the opinions of other people, guess what? That's people-pleasing because you're twisting and contorting in order to get a result from other humans. So the first thing that I think is really, really important, and again, this comes back to emotional intelligence, is the idea around guilt. Feeling guilty or I feel bad. First of all, I feel bad is not an emotion. So we need to kind of pinpoint it, but usually what we're saying when we have to say no, when we are want to get out of a work agreement, when we need to part ways with a client or a student or whatever it might be, or even a team member, that can be a, a challenge as well. What we oftentimes will do is incur all of the emotional weight where we say, I'm responsible for their behavior, for how they feel, for how they receive this. And again, it's, I'm not in control of that. So one of the things that I do advise, even preemptively getting into boundaries, is when you have that hard time of, I don't want to tell this person they can't message me on the weekend, or I don't want to tell my in-laws to stop feeding my child high fructose corn syrup. Like I don't want to have that. It's easier usually for your kids because you'll like go to blows for the kids. Right, right. But in other situations, it, it's really, really hard to to say what you need to say. And so we get this feeling of like, but I feel bad, but they, they made those cookies or, oh, I feel bad. I know they're really going through something. I want to be there for them or, oh, I feel so guilty. I feel so... Okay. So I want you to stop when you notice that and start to use a different descriptor. So either I feel concern, I feel empathy, I feel embarrassed, I feel uncomfortable. Most of the time, it's that we just feel straight up uncomfortable because we want something that's different than what somebody else wants, Mm -hmm. right? So that's one of the first pieces because I think so much of our motivation behind giving in is because we feel this false sense of guilt. So we've got to stop calling it guilt. It's only guilt if you have done something wrong according to you, not according to somebody else. So that's where you have to check in, like just saying, no, I don't have that time slot available. Does that warrant guilt? Have you done anything wrong? Absolutely not. We're just uncomfortable because this person needs something different than what you're able to provide. I feel compassionate for them. I feel empathy. I've been in those situations before, but I still don't have that time slot available. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's sort of the internal piece. Now, as far as boundaries go, I sort of have a three-step framework for that. And truly what 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 it is for me is the first step is you decide on the boundary. What is it actually going to be? And this is where you have to be very, very specific, so for instance, with the example of if a client wants something from you and maybe it's messaging on the weekend, maybe it's wanting a call back immediately instead of booking a session or overstepping the parameters of how the program's set up or the mastermind is set up. so the first thing is deciding on exactly what it is that I need to say, deciding and being very, very clear. so for an example in in like an interpersonal relationship, say with your husband, let's say it's the desire is I really would like some more romance. Well, what the hell does that mean? That might be totally different to him than it is to you. You might be thinking sex. He might be thinking, oh, she wants more gifts or she wants me to plan a date night or vice versa. So you have to be very, very specific in that decision-making process of here's what I am actually asking for not just i need you to respect me more i need more you know positivity in the group no you need to say exactly what that looks like okay then you go to deliver delivering the boundary and this is usually the most challenging part because you actually have to use your words and usually what i'll say with this is to start off either with gratitude of like thank you so much for always wanting to participate in the program and or whatever it might be thank you so much for always caring about you know, uh, bringing little treats for the kids. I know you care about them, whatever, some sort of gratitude, or you can use intention and say something like, Hey, I wanted to run some stuff by you. And, you know, let me just say truly my, my intention in having this conversation is just to create whatever, create a really synergistic relationship between me as a practitioner and the group that I'm running or, let me know, let me just let you know, like this conversation or what I want to share with you is my intention truly is just for us to be on the same page, whatever. You can also say what your intention is not. Like, please know this is not coming from a place of, wanting to be adversarial or causing a ruckus in the house or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you go into here's my request or here's where I'm coming from. And I've noticed that you've been messaging me a little bit more on the weekends. And I don't know if I've been as clear as I needed to be. And for that, I apologize. Own your shit. Anything that you need to own, own it. And I apologize if I've given any kind of mixed messages, but I just wanted to reinforce that the parameters are this the very, very specific parameters. So you deliver. Then the third is enforcement. And this one is usually the most challenging because especially if you have allowed people to do the same behavior over and over again, they go, let's see if Elizabeth means it. Right? They they don't always do it to be a dick. They just sometimes go, oh yeah, Elizabeth was, she was saying something or other, but I, I don't know. I'm still gonna bring these cookies over that I know her kids can't eat or whatever. And it's in those moments where you have to enforce it. And it's up to you depending on what the boundary is or how many chances you want to give them before you give an ultimatum. But I would suggest revisiting and being like, hey... You know how we had that conversation the other day? I just wanted to reiterate too, I'm not able to respond to messages on the weekend again, or I have that 48-hour policy, or I need you to book sessions seven days in advance, whatever it is. Just wanted to remind you that really is something that I need to really stick with, something like that. And then you get to decide how many chances they get before you kick them out of the program, before you have a come to Jesus, whatever, or before you say, if you continue to do that, I'm going to have to get off the phone or I'm not going to let the kids come over. Or you know, you get to kind of have that internal compass so that you can say upon the final delivery, depending on the relationship, I've asked you multiple times with nothing but respect to please fill in the blank. And over and over again, you've shown me that it's not important to you. And I understand we operate from a different paradigm, but in order to preserve my marriage, preserve my family, preserve my business, take care of the group, whatever it is, I'm going to have to ask for fill in the blank, something Mm -hmm. like
0: that. Mm, I love that. It's so much value because it's like giving us permission to set up those boundaries, to enforce those boundaries, and to find ways to do it in a really respectful way way like this isn't about dropping a hammer on anybody or doing it with the intention of being hurtful it's right. protecting whatever it is fill in the blank protecting whatever it is that's so important to you and having the courage to say what's important to you and to protect it the same way you would do for, do for your children without thinking twice about it you've got to do right. it for those other areas of your life that are important and that's a really hard thing to do it's a hard thing to it do is. in business it's a hard thing to do in family you know it's hard thing yeah. when opinions differ or when other people's yes. agendas that are important to them you know and matter to them so they're not thinking about yours, like all of it. But when I set up boundaries in my business, I gained a better relationship with the right clients. yes, and I regained my sanity
1: absolutely, well, and what you also don't realize is how much you Give them, as somebody who's leading a group, empowering them to establish their own boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for example, my signature program that I've been teaching since like 2015, I'm available in the Facebook group Monday through Friday. I will pop in and talk every single day. I take off religiously Saturday and Sunday. So if, if I see a post in there that's like a cry for help and I go and help then now I've shown them that I don't really mean it, right? You you hear that you teach people how to treat you, but I think it's you teach people how to treat you based off of what you choose to tolerate. It's like, will you tolerate that? Will you speak up? Will you allow it? So it's those little things that I have to be really stringent on. And I've had many, many students who go, I love that you're so adamant about that and that you don't cave because it's so, you walk your talk. And it gives them credence to do the same thing with their family or in their business or whatever else it might be.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Amy, this has been literally gold. I feel like this is just oh, like a gift wrapped up for our listeners because I know this is an area like where we are often talking about strategy or different specific things, but this is affecting us every day. You know, like sure. this is something kind of we're butting our head against in so many different areas of our lives and our businesses, and without these skills and without this ability to communicate and protect ourselves and view the world through a different lens sometimes, it can yeah. make our lives businesses everything so much harder. So thank you for your wisdom today. It was amazing sure. the specifics like I just loved how you gave us actual language we can use, you know, like go back yes. if if people were driving and couldn't write anything down. I'm gonna go back and like actually write these little nuggets down because there were phrases that I was like, "Oh my God, that's exactly what I've been thinking, but I haven't thought about how I could actually say that. So thank you so much. Yes.
1: you're so welcome, and that the one other thing I will add to that is when you do write it down and when you do figure out exactly what you need to say, rehearse it in the mirror over and over and over and over and over again we think oh i'm not good with words or it naturally needs to unfold but no a lot of it is legitimate practice you know Absolutely. Yeah. so
0: well you're awesome thank you so much and i can't wait for people to get their hands on this episode awesome thank you elizabeth thanks so much for hanging out with me today